Hi, it's Chuck Jaffe, host of the ETF of the week. I'm also host of my own hour-long daily show called Money Life. And this week, I interviewed Vetify's head of research, Todd Rosenbluth, in a segment we call the Money Life Market Call. Because it's all about ETFs, and we know you want to check out what Vetify is saying about them, here's that interview as a bonus edition of the ETF of the week. Enjoy. Todd Rosenbluth, head of research at Vetify, is here. We're talking ETFs, and this is the Money Life Market Call. Welcome to the Market Call, the part of this show where we talk with experienced money managers about how they do their job, what they look for that determines their buys and sells, what they see happening broadly on the market, and how they put it all together. And joining me today, Todd Rosenbluth. He's head of research at Vetify. Now, Tom Lydon, the vice chairman of Vetify, is a longtime regular guest on this show. We do the ETF of the week with him. And I'm always talking about what Vetify has if you're an ETF investor to make sure that you've got all the tools you need to be a savvy, smart investor. Well, one of the things that Vetify added as part of its expansion was they were able to snag Todd Rosenbluth. He was the former director of mutual fund and ETF research at CFRA Research and before that at S&P Global Market Intelligence, one of my favorite people to talk ETFs with. He hasn't been on the show for a while, but now he's at Vetify. And if you want to find out what they do and what he's doing there, it's Vetify.com. Todd Rosenbluth, it's great to chat with you again. It's great to be with you, Chuck. Go Blue. And for those who don't know, Todd and I, both Michigan grads and absolutely Todd, although I got to say, it's tough to say that when you're hoping that it means something good in the NIT tournament. Just saying. It's a little tough to take. But we have not had you on the show since you moved to Vetify. And while my audience is very familiar with Vetify's methodology as it relates to Tom Lydon and his picks, we always start with methodology. So help us understand what it is that Vetify thinks makes a good ETF and a not so good ETF. Sure. So as you mentioned, I have a prior history heading up research uh, at, at other firms, including CFRA and S&P Global. And so the way that I think of ETFs is still what's inside the portfolio matters. It's important for an investor to, to get to know what they own, the underlying stocks, the bonds inside the portfolio, the risk and reward characteristics. One of the things that's unique about what we do at Vetify is we're constantly talking to the investment public about where their head is at from the market perspective, understanding where sentiment is, where they see the best and worst opportunities. And then my role uh, is in part to then offer them ideas as to how to get exposure to those trends and to highlight some of the pluses and minuses of some of those larger products. So we're constantly asking advisors and end investors where, what they think about the marketplace, where they see the greatest opportunity, where they see the greatest risk. And that's unique, in the, uh, I think, in the overall ETF ecosystem in that we're trying to tap into what actually investors want instead of just trying to guess what investors are seeking out. When you are looking at what's happening now, and by now I mean current events, and I know you're not a short-term investor, but you know, Vetify, a big part of what it, it was before and what became Vetify was ETF trends, Tom Lydon's firm, and, and looking at 200-day moving averages and what's trending and the rest. When you are watching what's happening now, the headlines make everybody think that, you know, there's a lot of churning going on. There's a lot of stuff happening beneath the surface. But is much of current events impacting you? I mean, 
are there a lot of funds that you would look at and go, yeah, this ETF is really impacted by the headlines and, and my opinion on it has changed dramatically because of what's been in the news? So uh, we're not doing as much short-term efforts as we are just thinking about the longer term and how, or the intermediate term and how ETFs can fit into a broader portfolio. And so, for example, we, we've seen really strong interest in international equity ETFs. In fact, there's been net inflows into international equity ETFs and net outflows into U.S. equity ETFs to start the year. Uh, you know, in fact, to, earlier when, when I wrote an article on this, it was almost $30 billion into international equity, $6 billion out of U.S. equity ETFs. So we thought this was a good time to ask the investment community what they think about developed international markets and what will happen over the next year. And, and this is exciting to hear from the audience that more than half, in fact, 54% of the audience that we reached out to believe interna international equity ETFs would outperform the U.S., Roughly a quarter of that believe they're going to perform in line, and then 21% believe the U.S. is going to outperform international markets. So we have volatility happening around the world. We've got, as you and I are talking, Credit Suisse is potentially getting uh, financial support from the Swiss government. But international investing just seems uh, like a better alternative for many investors, and so I'll pause here in a second to just say we, we heard that and then we then went to find some investment ideas for <laughs> the investment community. <laughs> yeah, that's as should be expected. I think that's the, the interesting. Set. So with that being the case, what were the investment ideas that you were finding? I mean, what looks good that maybe is unaffected by this, but it's a poster child for the methodology because it looks good regardless of what's happening in the headlines. Exactly. So the largest of these ETFs and one I think investors and probably many listeners might have exposure to is Vanguard's FTSE Developed Markets ETF, VEA. Um, it's slightly larger than the iShares Core MSCI EFA ETF, IEFA. But the reason I think investors should be paying more attention to VEA is that it's more broadly diversified. So VEA, the Vanguard product, has exposure to Canada that you wouldn't find within an EFA-based market. Again, EFA stands for Europe and includes Asia as well and doesn't have North American exposure like Canada. So VEA is a good way of getting exposure to this. But we also wanted to highlight an actively managed ETF in the efforts we did. And so international equity ETFs uh, tend to be more index-based, but the Harbor International Compounders ETF, OSEA, so O being the word C being spelled out, OSEA, uh, is actively managed just under 40 stocks, uh, faster growing, high quality companies that I think people who believe in active management should certainly take a closer look at. You know, for the longest time, we didn't have actively managed ETFs. Now, of course, we have them and they're fairly standard and we don't spend too much time worrying about, you know, can I get active shares? It's more, are they good funds? Have you found at all that, you know, the active versus passive debate, which raged on, but was lost by active management as ETFs evolved because ETFs were a more efficient vehicle. There were that many more arguments you could could raise in favor of passive management when you were using ETFs, that the ETF structure has made it that, you know, there's not that much difference between active and passive. Go whichever way you feel like. And. Understand the small cost differences, but they are still fairly small at this point. 
Yes, so everything that you said, I agree with. So let me put it in my words. We've seen growing adoption of actively managed ETFs. They're roughly 5% of the overall ETF marketplace. Last year, they were about 15% of the overall ETF flows. As of February, they were closer to 40% of the ETF flows. Now, some of that is there's not as much money going. In fact, there's no money going into the lower cost index based products. We've seen outflows from some of the, the more popular uh, S&P 500 and, and other related ETFs to start the year. But investors are getting more comfortable with active management in the ETF wrapper. So if you believe in active ETFs, then or you believe in active management, then you should certainly take a closer look at active ETFs. And we've seen some of the products from JP Morgan in particular, uh, JP Morgan's equity premium income, JEPI. And I saw that on the list of ETFs, so we won't talk about it later on. Uh, but that's been very popular this year, a way to get income without necessarily taking on uh, the same level of risk, uh, but, but getting owning individual stocks. And we've seen it within fixed income as well. But let me stop here again, bring you back in. Well, I should point out that in the case of JEPI, it is an ETF that has been, but is not currently in my portfolio. And it's been talked about on this show. In fact, I believe it was a favorite of Tom Lyman. What makes you sell? And is there more selling activity now that the market is frothing? So I think one of the areas that we're focusing on is fixed income in particular. And we've seen investor interest in the relatively safe fixed income products. So short-term treasury ETF, so Vanguard, short-term treasury ETF, VGFH is an example of that that's been popular, really protecting against downside high quality, obviously, U.S. Treasury products. The Spider Bill, one to three month T-Bill ETF, BIL is another example of those ETFs. So let me, that's where we're seeing the interest is on the shorter term, safer areas of the marketplace, whereas taking on additional risk, uh, concerns about uh, high yield uh, or longer term treasury ETFs. Even though we might see the Fed pause earlier, I think there's just too much risk in going out through duration. And so products like TLT, which is an iShares ETF, it's just it's concerning. We, you know, we're likely to see more volatility in the fixed income marketplace. And I think investors would be better suited earning the 4% they can through short-term treasury ETFs instead of taking on that, that interest rate risk. Yeah. Right now, safety seems to be what's comfortable. And although you always want to take your shot, you don't want to miss your shot. And this is one of those times when I think aim is really important. And now we're going to find out what you're aiming at as we take a look at some ETFs that my audience is particularly interested in. Quick and dirty. It's sock it to me time. Oh, absolutely. And socking it to us today is Todd Rosenbooth, head of research at Vetify which is online at vetify.com. And of course, Quick and Dirty is our lightning round. It's where we have our guests give a fast opinion on ETFs in this case, but also stocks, closed-end funds, or traditional mutual funds in other interviews that you are particularly interested in. Chuck at moneylifeshow.com. Send your requests. Include your name, your hometown, and the ticker symbols you're interested in. Today, we are going to start with a request from Mike in Redwood City, California, DA in Honolulu, and Lance in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They all want to know about the RSP. That's the Invesco S&P 500 Equal Weight ETF. 
So this is the audience probably knows is the large cap stocks in the S&P 500, but equally weighted. So having, you know, 20 basis points in each of those roughly 500 individual stocks, that is, I think, a great, a good opportunity. I would be bullish on this ETF because we're seeing individual specific stock issues uh, creep up and you get the benefits of diversification. So better than having heavy weights within your portfolio, RSP is a, an alternative to getting the S&P 500 in a more diversified way. Either gets on board or he gets left behind. That's a buy on the RSP, the Invesco S&P 500 equal weight ETF. Now, I wanted to start there because it was more generic, although still somewhat customized and different from a traditional ETF or traditional S&P 500 ETF. Our next pick is from Gordon in Downey, California, and Sam in Waterfleet, New York. They both want to know about the INFL. That's the Horizon Kinetics Inflation Beneficiaries ETF. So this is an actively managed ETF. We touched on earlier the growing adoption and growing opportunities through active ETFs. What this is, is investing in stocks or, or stocks of companies that can benefit as we have continued and persistent inflation. We saw CPI and PPI numbers come down just a bit, but inflation is still here for a while. I think exposure to asset light companies in, um, in the energy and materials space can, can serve a great value. So INFL is a good ETF. That's a buy on INFL, the Horizon Kinetics Inflation Beneficiaries Fund. Oh, that beautiful. We could make a fortune. Richard in Chula Vista, California, wants to know about the Alarian MLP ETF. That's ticker AMLP. So this is, uh, I think, a good sweet spot within the energy marketplace. So these are higher quality energy infrastructure companies that have to pay a dividend. They consistently are paying dividends. They're consistently buying back stock. It's a higher quality way of getting energy exposure. AMLP is a, is a good ETF. It happens to be tracking an index part of the, of the Vetify family in full disclosure, but that doesn't mean it's not a good ETF. That disclosure, Alarian, is another piece of Vetify. So when we're talking about the Alarian MLP fund, that's the index it's based on. But again, not actually impacting the fact that that was a buy on AMLP, the Alarian MLP ETF. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Our last two requests today are going to be bond funds. And we're going to go back to Sam in Waterfleet, New York. He wants to know about the Vanguard tax exempt bond fund. That's VTEB. You like bond funds. You didn't talk about tax exempts. So is that a bonus position or is that something you're less interested in right now? So I would say this is a bonus position. So higher quality, U.S.-centric, obviously, U.S. municipalities, uh, general obligations and, and local bonds, uh, high quality uh, to get exposure to this Vanguard ETF. VTEB is a very low-cost ETF, well-diversified, very liquid, great way to get exposure to the municipal bond marketplace uh, that is holding up quite well in this market environment. So it's a buy on the VTEB, the Vanguard tax-exempt bond ETF. Bye, bye, bye. Is that all you can think about? Well, so far, we're four for four on buys, but I have a feeling that might be changing. As you talked about what bonds you don't like, and John in West Des Moines, Iowa, wants to know about the Spider Portfolio High Yield Bond ETF. That's SPHY. I, I know you didn't like high yields that much. This one, the rule or the exception here? 
No, this this fits into it. So SPHY, it's a cheap, uh, high-yield bond ETF, so that's what it's got going for it. But in this environment, I think investors are looking for the relative safety of investment-grade corporate bonds and treasuries and are less comfortable taking on that credit risk or should be less comfortable taking on that credit risk. And so SPHY, yeah, this this would be the exception to these five picks that we had. I think there's just better ways to get income exposure. Well, you know, we talk about good company, bad stocks sometimes when we're talking about stocks. This is, you know, this is good ETF, but not the right one now. And so it's a sell and a void on SPHY. Oh, boy, that sounded bad. Yeah, the Spider S&P, the Spider Portfolio High Yield Bond ETF. And what sounded great? Well, that was Todd Rosenbluth. Todd, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for joining me. I look forward to doing this again. And yeah, go blue. Go blue. Thanks, Chuck. Todd Rosenbluth is the head of research at Vetify, which is online at vetify.com, on Twitter at Veta underscore Fi. And Todd's on Twitter, too. It's just his name. He's at Todd Rosenbluth.